Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Dream Drop Long Distance Podcast about two friends reconnecting over a childhood video game. Mitchell, how have you been this week? Ah, what's up, dude? I've been good. Uh, things have been great. I played a little more Kingdom Hearts, as I think everybody on this podcast, listening to this podcast, was hoping that I did. Um, <laughs> Me especially, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, how are you? Oh man, it's been it's been a good week. I, I think it's been nice to be able to get back into the game. Like outside of the podcast, we've been having some like life scheduling issues that's been making it hard to actually record. And we always have to, we're, we've been gating ourselves to not get too far ahead in the game. That we our impressions are always relatively fresh. It's been nice to get back into it this week. Oh, of course. Yeah, I feel like we. Unfortunately, it's a lot of. Uh, Hey, like, okay, I'm here. Where are you at? And you're like, oh, damn, I got to there. It's like, oh, no. Oh, hold on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because I don't want to, like, completely remind myself of, oh, okay, here's the next beat. Here's the next beat. Like, if I remember it, that's one thing. But if I don't remember, it's nice to just kind of let that discovery happen again. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Remind me where we ended on last time. So, uh, we... Stopped in the middle of Agrabah. We had gotten through the Cave of Wonders and the mazes within and the various treasures. Did you find the the Winnie the Pooh uh, page in there? I did. We'll talk about it. I promptly, as soon as I left this map, went and played in the Winnie the Pooh book. Ah, I still haven't opened it. I, I know you're going to laugh at me. It is probably my favorite level in this game, only because I am a I loved Winnie the Pooh growing up. <laughs> and it's just it, it taps on all the all the right heartstrings. Oh man, um, is this? I don't remember. Is it Kingdom Hearts one or two that has all the goofy mini games that you have to get through? As that well? is that is uh, Kingdom Hearts one. I think they do have them in two as well, but it definitely they have them in Kingdom Hearts one. <sighs> okay, that's going to be exciting. Well, uh, as I recall, we got through the Cave of Wonders and got to the treasure room behind which. We find that Jafar has oh. taken control of Genie and uh, and kidnapped Jasmine and is uh, trying to find the keyhole to the world for reasons that aren't that clear. I think he's just yeah. looking into it for Maleficent's sake so that he can get rewards from her to be stronger within his own world where she has a, a broader plan of some sort. Yeah, it seems like Maleficent, I mean, we've figured out Maleficent is definitely the one pulling the strings here. I mean, you could tell Jafar is kind of also pulling the whole, like, I know what I'm doing. But you can also tell she's just like, all right, you know, I'm giving you guys free reign to figure this out. But if you eat shit on this, it's on you. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, Maleficent gets the uh, the princesses out of this, but I that that argument doesn't really follow through on all of the worlds, which I guess we'll get get to later. But it's just weird that worlds that don't have princesses are getting just as much attention from Maleficent. So something in the keyhole is or uh, keyholes of each world. Maybe maybe it's just to create more heartless to build her army or something. This one was definitely they were after Jasmine one hundred percent, and they were trying mm. to get to the heart of the world. Um, which starts with our characters going in. Like you said, Jafar is taking control of Genie and uh, basically tells Genie, like, my first wish, I want you to crush 
all these street rats. And of course, Jeannie's like, oh, I'm sorry, Al. And then proceeds to start trying to thwomp us. I This wasn't a very hard fight to me. Other than I think Jafar does like a, this kind of death ray move that can be difficult to dodge. But Genie is basically, he does nothing that really makes the fight difficult. I had a little bit of trouble with this fight, actually. Um, it was... Oh, wow. Okay. The blizzard attacks that would happen in the in the center of the room, I would get oh, caught yeah. in those with like, I don't know, one third of a health bar, right? And it would just nuke me down. That's I find it very funny that the one, so far, the one fight that I've been like, oh, yeah, that was easy. You were like, oh, yeah, this trucked me a bit. Yeah, when I say it trucked me, or, you know, when I, when I say I had a little trouble, I, I like failed it twice, went leveled up a little bit and ran back in. I, if I was really thinking, I probably would have put on like a blizzard ring or something. But, the Jafar in my game, he maybe used that blizzard thing once per encounter. And I mean, it took me like two, three times to beat him only because I was still trying to learn the pattern. And, you know, the, his flying around nonsense honestly took way more time than it should have. It was especially when he would go to the slightly the pedestals that were slightly too tall for you to jump onto easily. And it was just like, oh, my God. Or just be floating over something that is not a pedestal. Uh, yeah, of course. So it's like, OK. Um, and you didn't you didn't get gravity until I think after that fight. <laughs> I don't even know if I have gravity. If I do, I haven't. Oh, no, I must because Donald has it. But you definitely have it because it's a story-based spell that you get. I think that would knock him out of the air, but I I don't remember. I definitely don't remember using it in the fight, only because I was just like, this thing takes forever to cast, and his laser that he, that he hits is like, a, it probably knocks you for about half your health bar. So I wasn't about to just stand still. It, it was just such an annoying fight, though, all the running around. It wasn't even like hard. It was just annoying. And you don't even get high jump to get him up in the air. It's frustrating. Yeah. Now, reverse the order of the next map we're going to talk about. And in this one, much easier fight. Yeah, this is super easy, but we'll get to that world in a bit. Uh, so with that Jafar fight done, you have an opportunity to check in on Jasmine, I believe, who's fine. And the key, the keyhole of the world is fine. And then you uh, have a big open pit to jump into for the next phase of the Jafar fight. Yeah, then he turns himself into a genie, and for some reason, the floor opens up and he falls into a pit of lava. Game mechanic-wise, it was it was interesting. Uh, so for anybody who hasn't played this, the next fight is the giant red genie version of Jafar. And the mechanic is you really can't hit Jafar. He just is constantly throwing these giant fireballs at you. What you need to hit is the lamp being held by Iago, Jafar's parrot. Who was hardly introduced in earlier in the world. Hardly. And he is just kind of strafing back and forth across the map. But the, uh, the floor... Of this map, certain areas rise and fall slowly over time. So you have to kind of plan out where you think he's going to go and, and try to get onto the right pedestal to get to him. Again, I feel like these Jafar fights weren't really that difficult as they more were just overly time-consuming based on the mechanics and the map. Yeah, the second Jafar fight was visually memorable, and I kind of I did kind of enjoy the uh, the platform moving bits. It felt 
it felt like the theme that they were going for. I liked the mechanic of Iago having the lamp. That was fun. <laughs> it was especially fun as a kid to like figure that one out. But um, it this was the second phase of a boss fight, and it was easier than the first phase, in my opinion. I agree. It definitely was because I I beat this one in one shot. Like he, yeah. I think he he hit me with maybe one fireball. Like the fact that Donald never went down on the oh, yeah. he tells me the fight was too easy. And again, we're playing on proud. Oh yeah, no, we're. I mean, we're. I mean, this is the hardest difficulty you can put it on. So um, for now, anyway. For now. <laughs> oh, you crazy kids who like to speed run the highest difficulty. This is what you get. An easy fight, but a slow one. Yeah, so it's a slow burn, but I do agree. I liked the mechanic. I liked the overall aesthetic of the fight, and I think it was more original than the other boss fights, where you just get flat ground, boss is a gimmick, yada yada, and it helped to push the story along. I think that's true about every uh, boss fight in Agrabah, To be honest with you, from the jar pot monster—I forgot what the name of that one is—the but the the pot monsters, both Jafar fights were unique in their own way. I completely agree. I think Agrabah so far has had the best overall boss designs. And just like mini bosses and I mean even like the the base Heartless are a lot more interesting in this level than they had been in the previous ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the sword fighters that will like I think they're called bandits that would just like shoot the the like swing their sword and magic comes out of it. Yeah. That's bold and interesting. The fat bandits. Got to love them. Oh yes. Oh yes. Very original naming on them. Uh-huh. They were they were a lot of fun. So we closed the keyhole. The heart of the world is safe. Everything's you know, we're moving on. Except Jasmine is gone. Yeah, Jasmine gets kidnapped. Good by Riku. Uh, yeah, Riku what winds up you you find out that he is kinda working hand in hand with Maleficent and the gang to kidnap these princesses. And I don't I don't know about you, Kyle. I mean Definitely seems like Maleficent's playing him as she's kind of like, oh, you're like a tree. You know, you're like a son to me. I'm like, oh, wow. She has him tied around her finger. Yeah, it's it's weird that uh, that Riku says I kept my end of the bargain when speaking to Maleficent. It, it makes me wonder what it is that Maleficent is doing for Riku in this bargain. But thankfully, we don't have to wait too terribly long to get to the answer to, the, to this question. Yeah, they do. They they do come around. Not, not right this second, but apparently he's working with her on something, and she is an integral part of his plan. As much as it seems like, because he's a Keyblade wielder, and he has some abilities that can help her along. That they are now in cahoots together. That's true. We didn't touch on that in our uh, when we revisited Traverse Town, but that's right. Uh, Riku was able to pick up the Keyblade just fine. It didn't leave his hand the way that it did for Leon. Mm-hmm. So that, that tells me he might not have one yet, but it's pretty good indication that Riku possibly will be a Keyblade wielder down the road. Don't know yet, but the fact that Sora couldn't just call it back when he was holding it probably means something. So, I mean, all that happens, and then... What did you think about the magic carpet ride? Oh, damn, I forgot about that. It's very forgettable. It's the fact that I did not remember it tells you how much I remembered it. It yeah, was, uh, it was clunky. Yeah, there were there were collectibles for no reason. Like why why were there like money and mana and uh, yeah. and health? I don't, what was what was the point of all of that? I don't. Was it just to like give you something to try to achieve while you're doing this 
getaway sequence that's just harkening back to the movie for no reason other than to harken back to the movie. I didn't even really notice that there were collectibles because I was just I was just sitting there swinging the keyblade trying to keep things hitting <laughs> us the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I didn't I didn't one. It wasn't like it was a difficult thing. Yeah, no, not at all. I just yeah, it was very very forgettable, and I just didn't really care about it at all. Yeah, it's just just a weird little piece of the of the history of the game, you know, just like rough edges that the game doesn't have anymore. Like it, it, it was interesting to see the way that they were trying to experiment. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was like, a, it was an indication that they were planning on doing, like you said, more things like very level based. Like that's only something that really was kind of designed for that level, which kudos on them. That's great to give you maybe one thing. That's like a particular taste of that level. Just like uh, just like Tarzan had the the slider thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, you know, Hercules has his arena, so it's more mm-hmm. heavily combat based. But it was just kind of boring. Mm. Milk toast, yeah. But okay, but now I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Honestly, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. We hit it. We you know we tell Aladdin goodbye, and we head on our gummy ship to, um. Well, we go to Traverse Town first. I went back to Traverse Town because when you, I went back to Merlin's place. Out of Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. to do Winnie the Pooh, but also because you get your second summon after Agrabah, you get mm-hmm. Genie as a summon. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where along the way, but I picked up another summon stone, and you get your third summon, who is Bambi. Oh no, I didn't get Bambi. Yeah, you pick up Bambi along the way. I have to, I have to double check and try to remember. I have to look through my notes and figure out where I don't remember where I got him. I realized I had a summoning stone in my inventory. I was like, oh, damn, I need to talk to Fairy Godmother. And I was, I was, I forgot. I think it was so funny. I was talking to Val. Uh, for anybody, any on the podcast, that's my, my girlfriend's name. Um, and we were talking about Disney stuff or talking about deer for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, as she's watching me play, I think she's maybe on TikToks looking at something about a deer. And it says, you know, summon acquired Bambi. And we both bust out laughing because <laughs> the timing could not have been any better. And then I immediately went and tried him out. And I forgot how much fun it is to use Bambi as a summon. Oh, man, I don't remember him. I just remember I just remember he was good for heals. I don't remember exactly what he did. He he does he does he heals and I forget he does. There's another slight ability that he does that adds a little. Like it supposedly gives you a little defense bump, so he kind of creates like a zone around you. But it's a, or not a zone, I guess. He, he heals, but it like can run around and gives like a little buff. So it's a little bit. It's just hard. It's just easier for you to stay on the fight. But yeah, it's a fun summon, and then obviously you get your fourth summon later after uh, the next level that we're gonna talk about. So yeah, another one I need to remember where to find him. I, one that I missed in almost every playthrough that I've done is uh, Mushu. I didn't even remember Mushu being a summon in this game. Yeah, pretty sure because like I'm pretty sure he like in the second game Mushu recognizes you, and it was huh. like a weird thing for me because I was like, why does Mushu recognize me? I don't get it. That's interesting. I yeah, I did not remember that because obviously the Mulan level is in Kingdom Hearts too great level so that's a really fun level um but yeah i it's been so long since i've played two i didn't even remember mushu recognizing you yeah so anyway enough of yeah, that but 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're definitely we're rolling, <laughs> tra- rolling off the rails. All right. So after Agrabah, you uh, embark in t- on a journey once more. You head off in the gummy ship in a general direction toward the uh, the weaker of the two levels, let's say, because you want to go in uh, difficulty order for sure. You don't want to get swamped as soon as you show up on a new world. It's anybody who doesn't know this because I screwed this up. It, so I, the way that the road looked was that there is a warp portal on the way to the next world. Mm-hmm. I read that as, oh, you have to take the warp portal. Oh, no. <laughs> Wind up going through this insanely long flight mission, and it oh, damn near kills me. And I'm like, oh, thank God, it's done. I'm at the, And all of a sudden, I'm like, why am I in Traverse Town? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I realized no. it was because there that there's a portal on the way to the next world from Agrabah that is a straight shot all the way back to Traverse Town if you don't just want to, like, do the warp engine thing there. And I was just, I was so mad. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is like a 15-minute flight mission. And they actually expect you to de- take some of those weird routes like you're, like you're finding to do, um, like, to go from one complicated spot to another one through portals all in one flight and destroy a certain number of things along the way or whatever in those gummy missions that are worthless. They, yeah, I just, I find them so meaningless in this game. But, I mean, they're they're there, whatever. Uh, but, but I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off. I just wanted to bring up that little fail on my part. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. Oh, man. So, uh, you embark toward your next world, and if you don't take a wrong turn in Albuquerque, you end up, instead of going wherever it is you think you may be going, you end up getting eaten by a goddamn whale. Yep. Monstro. You guys ever, you ever just been floating around space and get eaten by a space whale? That ever happened to you? Uh, Donald's reaction to that is the greatest thing in the world. Him just being like, it's a whale of a whale. It's like, shut up, Donald. <laughs> I don't remember that line. <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, uh, did, it didn't need to be said. It's a big blue floating space whale. Monstro is the name of the giant blue whale that swallows Geppetto and Pinocchio's ship in the Disney animated movie Pinocchio. And for some reason... He is currently in space, and he eats your gummy ship. I, I love that Geppetto's ship inside of there is made of wood. I, I, there's so much that I don't understand about it. Just out of curiosity, before you got eaten by the whale, did you find uh, Pinocchio in um, the accessory shop? I did. I did. When I was back in Traverse Town, I went back. I found him. We had a little conversation, and... Jiminy was just like, well, guys, we have to help Pinocchio. And then they're like, do we? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they expect you to do. And then just like all of a sudden now he is back with Geppetto. I don't know where they were in between being in Traverse Town and being in space, but on a regular boat, not a gummy boat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't really track to me either. So you, you get you get eaten. You go in, you're in the, the mouth of the beast. And then you wind up in the belly of the beast, and you stumble upon Geppetto's ship, and Pinocchio's there, which you're like, okay, how did you get from Traverse Town to here? And you talk to Geppetto for a minute, and he's like, oh yeah, we got swallowed by this whale. He does the whole whale of a whale joke again, and it's like, oh god, this is cringy. Um, 
but at least, you know, that comes from his own movie. Mm, yeah. And then I forget exactly. Remind me, Kyle. I think it's basically Pinocchio is just like, I'm going to go exploring. And they're like, don't do that. Yeah. And then he just disappears when you're not looking. And he just decides to go wandering around inside this whale. Which I will say right now, Pinocchio is probably the most annoying, annoying Disney character ever created. So before you even wake up inside of Monstro, there's a cutaway little cutscene to a young Sora and Riku hunting a monster of some kind on Destiny Islands. You remember that? Uh huh. I was. That was actually kind of cute. Not gonna lie. It was, but I don't remember that. I, I, for some reason, I just don't remember that cutscene at all. I didn't either. I was actually, I was, I was kind of like, I was like, did they add this? I'd, I'd like, I'd like to do the research and figure out if that was, uh, if that was added. Because, yeah, when I first played through that, I did not remember there being like a flashback of them being that young at all. Yeah, it's weird. I mean. It establishes some interesting things. Like, I mean, it's cool that they, you know, they talk, it's it, it builds Sora and Riku's friendship a little bit. So it shows that they've been they have been friends for a long time. But then, it right at the end of the cutscene, they talk about, oh, did you, have you met the new girl at the mayor's office or at the mayor's house? Uh huh. And that's Kyrie, almost certainly. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's got to be right. Yeah, because I mean, it's already said, it's already established that she's from another world. I guess, yeah, you're not wrong there. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because they were like, oh, yeah, she's not from here. That was that. I was just kind of like, eh. It it added a little something, but I didn't really think it added much. Yeah, it's just a little little world building to like, for one, the, the Destiny Islands have a mayor. Hello. Not a governor, not a president, not anything like that. They have a mayor. <laughs> um I mean, but I also, I won't lie, I did not remember early on Destiny Islands that Sora goes back to, like, his house where apparently his parents live before going back to Destiny Islands when he sees mm-hmm. the Heartless invading. Well, yeah, so, it's it, there's multiple islands of the Destiny Islands. Most of the game, or all of the gameplay is set on one island where that one cutscene is set on a house on some other island. Yeah, okay. That makes sense now. Okay. I... Oh, yeah, I kind of got a little a little mixed up by that one, but yeah. So they had that. They had a cutscene of them hunting a monster, uh, which I'm assuming they're kind of like referencing as Monstro. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, monster, Monstro, and then they find the the door, which is the key to the world, keyhole, heart of the world, whatever. But uh, it's a little it's a little rough. It's a little rough, but it's still like, oh, I don't remember this scene at all. But anyway, yeah. So Pinocchio sneaks off and we're like, oh, God, we have to go get this little asshole. And I mean, I don't mind the map design. Like the chamber thing is kind of silly because uh, it's I feel like they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. And Which is all intentional. Oh, yeah, very much. I mean, you're, you're wandering through the guts of a whale. It's like it, it's not going to be. You know, it, it, they're going to look pretty similar. Um, this was one of those moments where a guide is extremely helpful, but we didn't use one. But man, when I had the book back in the day, so helpful in this moment. I bet. No, I mean, yeah, you're. It, and then, you know, it wanders you through. It tells you, like, it's chamber one, chamber four, you're going to chamber three. It's like, uh, once you kind of understand the pattern and you fought in each of these places enough, you you can kind of recognize where you're at. And it's not too bad. 
Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it's it's intentional. I get it. But man, it's a little confusing the way that it's like, okay, well, you uh, you think you're going forward by going this way, but haha, we're actually dumping you right back at the beginning. Nice try. <laughs> that one where you step out, all of a sudden you're uh, you're at the beginning again. It's like you bastards. And yeah, I uh, there were a couple times, like the first time I noticed it, I'm like, wait, where did you drop me at? It's like, why am I at the beginning? They go through all of that, and it mercifully, mercifully, you make it to you make it to chamber four, and there is a save spot there. So mercifully, you don't have to meander your way through all of that again before what's to come. That is a very clutch save spot, I will say. Whoever pitched that and was like, "There should be a save spot halfway through this," I was like, "I want them to get a raise." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then because what happened? Because I mean, once you get through all that, what happens, Kyle? You run into God dang Riku again. Freaking Riku. Who is playing. He's being playful with Pinocchio is the is supposed to be what's happening. And and like this whole time, uncharacteristically, Sora is giving this weird tough guy act. Oh, we don't have time for this. We need to we need to be serious. We can't be playing right now. We need to get out of here. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, he's such a goofy guy. Why is he being this serious right now? Especially, you know, in the face of his long lost or not long lost, but his his friend who he was very recently so worried about. I guess, I mean, it, you know, with the way Riku, I could kind of understand where at first he was kind of being a little more goofy and a little more friendly with Riku and then Riku just completely disappears and he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> and then he pops up again in the belly of a whale. And I, I could see, like, I know I would probably be a bit more upfront. It was just like, Hey man, what is going on? Like this is, we're literally in the belly of a giant space whale. We don't need to be playing around. We need to get out of here. It's just that Sora, unfortunately is a, a bit of a goober. And so it doesn't really come off quite right. He's also a kid. Maybe, you know, not till he matures a bit does that come off a bit more um, adult. I guess it's just kind of the easiest way to say it. Yeah, I mean, it's also, he's also an angsty teen and prone to mood swing. No, it's not that. So you, you go through the whole thing with, uh, you go through the whole, the whole routine with Riku and Sora. And then once again... Pinocchio decides to just wander off in the midst of everything and gets himself eaten. Uh, inside of already being eaten by a whale, he gets eaten again. Inception. I guess it's it, the best way to describe this when he gets eaten by. So it's it's the I think the technical term for this heartless is parasite cage. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's a um, almost like a squash. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of thinner at the top, fat at the bottom, and uh, it's got a, a mouth that's built kind of like a cage that it has Pinocchio in. Uh, and it's got two kind of tentacle arms that'll whack you around. And I'm trying to say, I mean, that, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I mean, this fight was pretty easy, especially with Riku giving you a hand. Yeah, the first go around was really easy. Uh, Genie especially sweeped it up because I don't think it was supposed to be hard, though. I don't think so either. I think that one was supposed to be pretty quick. And then, so you beat this thing, 
Pinocchio gets dropped, and then Riku reveals and like kidnaps. What he kidnaps Pinocchio right then and there, huh? Yeah, yeah, he does. He kidnaps and, Pinocchio and reveals that he's doing it to get Kyrie's heart back. Somehow he's just like this heartless puppet. He thinks that using Pinocchio can get Kyrie's heart back, which then we learn that apparently Kyrie is live, but has had her heart taken. I think this is the first time we really understand or start to understand what's happening and what his plan is and why he's doing all of this. Yeah. So it's like, it starts to unfold like why he's doing these things for Maleficent, but not quite yet, but it's starting to like piece itself together. Like, Oh, okay. Well, he's doing something for Maleficent and Maleficent's doing something for him. And he's doing everything that he can for the sake of getting Kyrie back. So it's starting to come together. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when you start, you start to kind of be like, okay, like I'm, I'm giving him kind of the benefit of the doubt right now. I mean, what he's doing isn't very cool, but he at least has a more, like you can see what his purpose is and what he is doing. Yeah. So at this point, after that easy fight, uh, Riku dips out or disappears anyway. And you, and you go back out to Geppetto who was like, Oh no, my boy. Here, take open this chest, take it, and use what's inside to save my boy. For one, baby boy, my baby boy. Screw you for not giving us this chest sooner. I know. Pinocchio was already in danger, and we could have used this. For two, why does Geppetto, an old man, why does Geppetto of all people have high jump in his chest? In a ch- I did when I found out that's what it was. I, I almost lost it. I was was like, he? Why were you hoarding this? Was he going to teach Pinocchio how to play basketball? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> Old man Geppetto got hops, man. I yeah, that was such a weird way to get that mechanic, and it, and it's just like. It, how is it in a chest? Yeah, like, oh, well, now all of our party can jump twice as high. <laughs> Which, thank God, I will say that it is a, a shared ability, and it's not just a, like a Sora exclusive. Oh, man, could you imagine if you could just jump up and uh, <laughs> Goofy and Donald can't catch up to you, so you just get... Oh, man, they just all the Heartless just mob you because they can't catch up. They just have to find a way around. Yeah. Good God, I would be, that would be something. But yeah, so you get the high jump ability, which allows you to reach quite a number of chests in this world. Another torn page. And then I think a couple Dalmatians and there is, there was one more summon. I think that you do get the fourth summon. You don't know what it is yet. I won't tell you yet, but you get the fourth summon in that world. Yeah. But then you wind up. Um, you kind of keep going and there's a different door that you can access now. Yes. A higher door because now we can jump higher. (laughs) It's like, Oh, well that door is, that's a really convenient door that we got going there inside of this well, whale belly, but okay. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, which do you get at this door and you wind up 
kind of fighting your way up these pedestals amongst a couple of heartless, and you wind up in the stomach of Monstro the Whale. Where, once again, who do we find but Riku? Oh, Riku, who is current currently, when you walk in, he's kind of just staring at Pinocchio's corpse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> corpse in quotation marks, but still, like it's, yeah. it's pretty morbid looking at first, yeah. Um, and I forget exactly what he says, but I have it written down. I love this line. This line really stood out to me. This was like the the highlight of my my Kingdom Hearts week was n- noticing and processing everything that Riku said in the line. <clears throat> A puppet that's lost its heart to the heartless. Oh my god! Like it, it, it. He, Riku doesn't even realize it, but he's describing himself in that moment. It's it's incredible. So well written. This, this game is on like some people will say like ah oh, I was made for kids. Man, there's some deep thought in some of these characters. Yeah, man. I, I I'm so impressed with this game some days. Like the, the the dialogue can be bad, but sometimes it's incredible. Yeah. And I mean this is it, getting to watch Riku's story unfold is I mean to me it's always been the highlight of the at least the first two games. Um, because I just, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for his character. I'm pretty sure I had a couple internet passwords that had something to do with Riku. At some <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go log into the, I'm going to go log into the internets now. Oh, long gone, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it was, that uh, it's cool. It was very interesting to see him start to develop. I mean, then he winds up taking off, and being like, you know, I have, to, I have stuff to do. And Pinocchio kind of starts wussing out because who shows up again? Oh, the uh, once again, we have the parasite cage, right? But a more badass version of him. Oh, man, this fight. This one spits acid, I guess, because we're in the stomach now. That actually makes some sense. Yeah, it. Um, so the parasite cage now in the stomach of Monstro uh, gains a new ability that allows it to absorb the stomach acid around it, which you have to make sure and dodge or not step in. And it can spew the stomach acid at you, which deals damage immediately and it deals damage over time. Yes. I, which I didn't realize until at one point I saw this small smoky effect over Sora's head. I'm like, what is that? And I saw my heart, my health. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I was like this damn thing. Is has a duration effect. I didn't realize it until about the eighth time I fought this thing. Oh man, no, I went and grinded. I I've, I've lost to it twice, and I'm like, nah, I can't fight that. I'm gonna go grind. Oh no, I definitely did. It was just I like I I tried to fight it at about level twenty eight with Sora, whooped me. Then I was like, okay. Then I went and grinded until like thirty. Still just couldn't get him. I was like, oh, my God, you'd be kidding me. And I got him all about 32-ish and then was able to hold my own only because I completely changed tactics. And I realized, really, for me, the way to beat it was you could not stand still. You constantly had to be running in a circle, keeping away from the front of it. Because if you're anywhere in about a 90-degree direction that it can turn its head and look at you, it is going to hit you with that acid spray and you cannot dodge it. It's like it, I, I would watch, I would be on the side of it. And depending on if I was just under a certain angle, 
when it would do the acid breath, it would turn its head like a fucking lawn sprinkler to hit me. Mm. I Dude, that thing killed me so many times only because either my lock-on disabled and I was like, oh, damn, I lost track. And the moment I looked at it, I was like, he's got me. And yeah, I think the acid breath was really what got me 98% of the time. Absolutely. It was It was just like, it, it hits so hard immediately. It's not just like, oh, the damage over time, okay, whatever, I'll just make sure to keep an eye on that and heal up. It's that, it's an instant hit that you can't, that like takes out at least a third of your health bar. Oh, yeah, easily a third. And then it, every time the battle starts, you immediately need to dodge either to the left or the right. Because as soon as the battle starts, it does a lunge attack and will knock you for about a quarter of your health. Ugh. And it's every, every time I fought it, it was immediately. It would just do like this bum rush with its mouth that would hit all three of you and get, basically put you at a disadvantage almost immediately. But yeah, that acid spray was that was a doozy. That was, it was a good fight, though. I mean, it was a fun fight. I enjoyed it, but I definitely raged a bit a couple times. Or not really raged, just kind of lost my cool a bit where I was just like, this is overly complicated yeah. like i was doing like a dark souls fight it, it just felt kind of cheap more than anything like yeah. just because of how hard it was hitting it felt kind of cheap yeah it was like I said, the fact that one acid breath was hitting me for in somewhere between a third and half of my health especially halfway through a fight where i'm like all right i'm already kind of low on potions like my guys are getting their ass kicked and he just turned his head more and yep. I, I was just, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but eventually I did beat him. I, I probably, I, I won't lie. It probably took me a good between 10 and 12 tries. I don't, I, I don't let it myself try it that many times in a row. It's not, <laughs> I don't treat it like Elden Ring. I or actually, I treat it more like Elden Ring. I just like, Oh, well, this boss, this boss fight's hard. Let me go level up and <laughs> come back to it. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe you could sit there and learn the patterns and put on good equipment that helps you match like oh let me put some anti-acid gear and put some put some roll aids on my armor real quick and i'll be good to go but yeah and just didn't to just go level up and come back it's a, it's a jrpg it's what you're meant to do yeah no of course but yeah eventually you beat the fight and uh you're able to go out i think you talk to geppetto one more time and they say their farewells and they're they're like oh okay well we'll see you around and you get back into your ship yeah, you do. And then uh, I think you pick up the stop spell, uh, which I still haven't used yet. But I will say one of my favorite interactions so far in the game happens when you get in the gummy ship. And it's Sora saying, like, man, my magic's gotten way better. I'm probably better than Donald right now. Donald <laughs> yeah, goes, right. Absolutely. He's basically like, absolutely. a thousand years. And Goofy's like, well, we could go to... Merlin's, you can practice your magic. And it's like, okay, we'll go to Merlin's. We'll try this out. Jump to Merlin's place. And I know I got there. I tested out some of the spells. It's fun. Uh, Merlin, when you talk to him, he's actually, oh, you've gotten so much stronger. And you get the Spellbinder Keyblade. What a weapon. It's so good. Uh, it is a keyblade that gives you what is it? It's plus two to your magic score, which is awesome. Yeah, I have like ten MP right now. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I, I think I'm at like six now. I've been boosting everywhere I can, so that's that's on me. That's funny. 
yeah, but no, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good keyblade. It's a very good keyblade. I, I never liked it before because I never really liked magic. I mean, I still when I use it, it's great. I still tend to lean towards three wishes. I I haven't found one quite as good as that one yet. But then, you know, after you get done with him, you can walk over to Fairy Godmother. Because as we said, in the monster level, you find an extra summon stone. And I don't... Did you get this summon, Kyle? Yeah, I did. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Dumbo, right? Yeah, you get Dumbo. I haven't used Dumbo yet. I haven't, haven't uh, tried to use Dumbo in a fight. I haven't either. I, I got him, and then I was kind of like, oh, I need to handle a couple other things, and then jump out of the game for a little while. So you go back to Traverse Town, you stop in and see Merlin, but did you go to the first district where, uh, where like, um, where Sid's shop and all that is? So I did not. After I, um, as soon as I got done with that one, I wound up going to the Coliseum because you had mentioned you jumped into the next cup and I wanted to make sure we could talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, I, I spend a little time in uh, Traverse Town. I, every time I go to Traverse Town, I start in First District and I work my way back. <laughs> Geppetto already has a whole house in the First District. Like, you can warp from Monstro to Traverse Town, and minute one that you get there, Geppetto and Pinocchio have a house and are just chilling inside. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know how there was like this weird, blank square in Traverse Town that had like two boxes, just yeah, kind of the two crates. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole house there now that, that Geppetto is just living in. And if you go inside and talk to him, he gives you, um, a bunch of ships based on how many heartless you have defeated. It doesn't tell you that that's the metric that it works on, but it, you get a, a bunch of, uh, gummy ship blueprints. Oh, okay. Most of them are themed after Final Fantasy characters and monsters. Uh, of course. I had to tie it in. Uh, one he gave me was Cactuar, or however you pronounce that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What in the world am I going to do with this? They're all ridiculous looking, and I kind of want to build some of them just to, just to like show that I can and fly around a dumb old cactus, but I, I don't think I'm ever actually going to do anything other than Kingdom or whatever the default ship is called. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I think it's, I just, I don't, I haven't been pulled in by the gummy ship mechanics enough to really play around with that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not fun. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of fun, but it's not fun enough to be worth the investment. In my opinion. No, if I remember correctly, kingdom hearts Two made it better. Like they made it almost kind of worth it, but yes. Yeah, so you said, so you talked to Geppetto. No, I haven't done that yet. Or I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, it's it's not even like that interesting. It's just funny to me in a timeline sense that you can warp, literally warp directly to Traverse Town as recommended by Goofy. He's like, oh, let's go see Merlin. Let's go see Merlin. You can warp directly to Traverse Town and immediately he has a house. Hey man, <laughs> he's can't a get over that. Car- carpenter by trade. Homeboy knows how to build stuff. <laughs> yeah, a five-minute house just up and running. I, I don't understand. I love it, but I don't understand. But yeah, you, you, the only other errand left to do at this point is uh, the Pegasus Cup is now open at uh, Olympus Coliseum. And you said, so you, you gave it a couple shots, right? Yeah, I gave it like three tries. I kept making it to the final fight, which uh, you 
The final fight is uh, Leon and Yuffie together at the same time, which is so dang hard. Oh, my God. Because, uh, I mean, Leon's got his gun sword and everything else, and Yuffie's basically a ninja. And then whenever, like, halfway through the fight, Leon's like, okay, well, this sword's not big enough. And he busts out an even bigger one, which hits for half your health every time. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, dude. I can't. I just can't. Ah, good old Final Fantasy characters. I, um, I, I think I got to that one. I haven't beaten him yet. Honestly, the first playthrough, I remember I got to the, the fifth uh, round. And it's the the barrel spiders, but it's also the like the suicide bombing barrel spiders. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember we hadn't had time to heal during the last encounters. We had like, <laughs> each other, like half a bar. Yeah. It was literally like fight start, everything explodes, and I died. And I was I put the controller <laughs> down. I was like, that wasn't even. I was so mad. I was like, you've got to be kidding me! Like, I don't even think I swung my keyblade. It was like five barrel spiders just come running at me and it all exploded Bro, I, I didn't even know that that prop that, that fight was so problematic until i tried to do a run where i conserved my mp un- for the final boss fight so i'm like okay whatever i'll just go around whacking stuff because my my finisher scales on mp too so whatever i'll just kill everything with that uh and then I'm like, I do this fight and I'm like, oh, God, everything's exploding because yeah. up to that point, I had been doing like lightning right at the beginning, which it usually is enough to kill one of them, which explodes all of the other ones in a chain reaction. I'm just like, oh, OK, well, that problem's easy. No, I. Yeah, it's they they clowned on me hard on that one. <laughs> I, when I saw what it was going to be. I went. I remembered what our health bars were. were and I was like. Uh, I said, I swear to God, if these things all but and just immediately everything exploded and we were dead. I was like, you got it. I was like, oh, I was like, I just got these freaking developers just screwed me so hard. Uh, but overall, you know, we'll we'll wind up beating the Pegasus Cup down the road. Yeah, a couple more levels from now. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe after the next world, we'll have enough on us to do that. So, uh. No. Any any closing thoughts for you, Mitchell? One, uh, I'll give you a second to think about it. Uh, one that I had was that I discovered this time around, or this past week, that you can introduce magic into your physical combos, and it's way faster. Like you, Wait, really? um, yeah. Like I, I noticed that because I have a fire on my on my quick actions or on my customized menu. So what you can do is like in the you can normally when you just cast fire it takes a second so where like puts his keyblade out and says fire like he like the clown he is <laughs> he he normally does that but if you're if you swing at least once or maybe a couple times and then you use fire it's just like wherever the keyblade just kind of is it just immediate right out of it I did not know that yeah it's so fast I really like it I I wish I had known that trick sooner. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Shit, I'm gonna have to try to. I don't know if it works for other spells. I've only done with fire so far because it's been working really well. <laughs> well. Don't tell anybody that you do it because they'll try to nerf it. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna nerf the 20 year old game. Yeah, I mean it happens <laughs> all the time, right? Could you imagine if like this podcast got popular enough where somebody at Square Enix heard and they were like, "Yo, go, we're doing a patch. We're doing a patch right now." <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. That's not supposed to happen. Not supposed to happen. We can't, we can't allow them to break the game. 
Oh. Um, <laughs> any uh, anything stand out to you this week? Um, I think the only thing that really, the only things that really stood out to me were how much different I felt the level. Like it's it was crazy to me how much different Monstro became once you had the high jump ability. Completely different, I found, which I loved. I thought that was very interesting. I I did go and do the second Winnie the Pooh mini game. Loved it. Uh, I don't want to. I want to wait for you to do them so we could talk about those later. I think we'll have. We'll, we will set aside a whole episode for Winnie the Pooh. One hundred percent. I do. I think so. That'll be a lot more fun. And yeah, I guess that was. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot really stood out. Like I said, I mean, I love that Riku's storyline is starting to develop a little heavier, and we're starting to really see a bunch, a lot more of him, and starting to understand that you know he's not just some lost kid who is being played by some villains. I mean, he is kind of, but he has a purpose. And it's not just, he's not just wandering around aimlessly. It's like, he's got an objective and there is something very interesting and always fun about an antagonist who has a very obvious purpose and is like, get out of my way. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll agree with that. I don't think I I had paid as much attention to Riku's character development in the first game before this playthrough. I I agree. I mean, I I thought, you know, it's it's just things you just don't pick up when you're playing at a younger age or um, when you're, you know, originally just encapsulated in the, oh, it's Disney. Oh, it's Final Fantasy. Oh, look at how pretty it is. And I can beat things with a sword, with a key sword. Yeah, I think it, I think another part of it is just that we're taking the time to we're, we're slowly playing through it and we're talking about it, too. That was that was one of the things that was really important to me. Like, literally, if no one ever listens to this podcast, I still think it was a success because you and I got or were forced to forced to <laughs> to talk about these games a little bit more in depth. And I, I really appreciate the I appreciate you, buddy. I do. <laughs> I appreciate you, too, my dude. Uh, but no, I completely agree. I've been, I'm enjoying it. I think that's a good place to leave it off. We have no idea where we're heading next. Uh, you want to take any bets? I, 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 th- I thought I knew which one is next, but I might be wrong. What's your guess? So my original guess was, uh, was that we were going to be going to Neverland because that was teased in the cutscene with Riku at the very end. Um, at the end of Monstro, there was a cutscene with Riku that shows him talking to Maleficent on a ship, which, uh-huh. without any context, you don't know where that is. But having played the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, Neverland. I remember that. But I don't think that's where we're going next, actually. Uh, I think that's still a ways out. Cause well, he also does have um, – oh, that's something to bring up – is that uh, Maleficent gives him the power to control the Heartless. Yeah, that's true. He didn't have that before. And now, going back to that quote that we were talking about earlier, he is literally now, before it was just, you know, loosely there, he's literally now a puppet losing his heart to the heartless. Yeah. It's incredible. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what that, uh, what the ability to, to control the heartless does uh, for our next encounter with him. I agree. And it also, I mean, it, in, at the very end of that encounter, what is it? Hook comes around. Mm-hmm. And that also was kind of like, you know, what does he say exactly? It's like, 
uh, be prepared, boy. This will be a long journey, but it won't be a pleasant one. Blah, blah, blah. Something like that. I don't know. It, it didn't even take a note. It didn't stand out to me. Yeah. Um, I think it's exactly it says something very much along those lines of like, I'm going to bring you where you want to go, but it won't be a pleasant journey. And it's like, all right, hook, whatever. But so you said you, you thought Neverland. Yeah. So with that, with uh, just based on that cutscene, I thought it was Neverland, but thinking on it and thinking about the, the order of things and where, cause I, I think there's only, let's see, I can, there's only a couple worlds left that I can remember off the top of my head. I think we're on schedule to go to Atlantica next. Mm, okay. That's my guess. I'm going to guess Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. You think it's how you think it's uh I think it's what's it called? Halloween Town? I can never remember what his his little village is called in this world. But yeah, I'm going to guess I'm going to guess it's the Jack Skellington level. Okay. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. I'm I'm excited to see which one it is. But okay, so you're saying Atlantis, the Atlantica, the Little Mermaid level. I'm going to say the Nightmare Before Christmas level, and we'll go from there. So far, you've got one up on me. I think you might be right on this one. I don't know, though. There's really only four worlds left, right? Because there's Neverland, which we got teased. There's Atlantica and Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Hollow Bastion. Then I guess the big finale world, but that one doesn't really count. No. I guess yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have that many left. But there is there's still a lot to come. There's still a lot to come. We're, I don't think we're ha- oh I don't think we're at the halfway point yet. No, I don't think so. I think honestly, there's some pretty heavy story development that picks up. Yeah, I mean, you could almost say that half the game is Hollow Bastion almost. Man, Hollow Bastion that is a long part of this game. I'd say easily a third. Yeah, so we'll we'll get there when we get there. But uh, until next time, I guess we will. Uh, the two of us will have to get back into the game and see who was right yeah we'll, we'll double back but thanks everybody thank you everybody for listening once again absolutely thank you all and thank you mitch for uh taking the time for this ah uh, dude you too i'll talk to you soon Alrighty. hey there kingdom hearts fans thanks for listening to the episode dream drop long distance is hosted by mitchell orsino and kyle bradshaw and is produced by kyle bradshaw Our theme music was written and recorded by Alex McLean.